trying to find some positive, but there wasn't a ton of ton of positive. The positive is we we now understand what what real work we got to do uh, with this uh, with this uh, offensive unit and team in general. That was Virginia head coach Tony Elliott talking to the media during his weekly press conference on Tuesday afternoon. As you can see, he is still not happy with what he saw during the game against Illinois. And of course, why should he? Virginia lost to Illinois 24-3 to in what was a pretty lackluster performance by the offense. A lot of issues on that side of the ball. Again, we recapped the game a little bit, but just to kind of round off a couple of stats that really show what this offense didn't do on the field. They had 222 yards of total offense. This is a far cry from last season where they averaged 515.8 yards per game over 33 points. And they were one for 16 on third down and only averaged 1.4 yards per carry. By far, it was the most anemic performance by the offense in a quite a number of seasons. Tony Elliott was asked a lot about what's next for this offense. And a lot of it for him is technique, winning your one-on-one matchups, and also changing the mindset. Here, listen to what he had to say. So we, we got to do a better job of winning our one-on-one matchups. And, and what was, was evident to me is when the bullets started flying, you know, the guys abandoned uh, their technique and they just tried to, they just tried to survive. And you can't do that. Uh, to be to be successful is when when the bullets start flying. The one thing you trust is your, is your today. That uh, a quote that says, uh, "Comparison is the thief of joy." And what I told him, I said, "Look, fellas, what I've done in my past doesn't matter because all we got is today." I said, "What y'all did offensively last year doesn't matter." And then I said, "Look at the defense. What the defense did last year, they're not thinking about it, right? They're not focusing about it. They're not they're not paying attention to what's in the rearview mirror." And and so. Uh, I think that's the, the biggest challenge for us offensively is is for these guys to say, hey, it's a new system, okay? We're not doing what you did last year. You know, we're building a we're building a, a, a foundation offensively here, okay? And 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 if you will buy into the system, okay, and play within the system and trust the the fundamentals and the technique that we're trying to teach you, then it will lead to success. Tony Elliott really taking some time during his press conference to kind of reinforce that message that. This is a new offense. This is a new system. They need to adjust to this new system that whatever they did in the past doesn't really impact this season and is kind of telling his players, you need to adjust to the system. You need to make plays. We're giving you the the playbook, but you have to adapt it in game. He also mentioned that there are a few things that they can do to adapt with an offensive line that has not had great production against Illinois, especially when faced with a five-man front. He was talking about doing some things differently, but then he went back and talked about the mentality of the offensive playmakers. And I think that was the big message from that, you know, about 35-minute press conference was adjusting the mindset, adjusting where this team can go forward on the mental side of things. Because honestly, you can fix the fundamentals and the technique and game planning and play calling, but it's all about the mental side that could be harder to change. And that was the most concerning, I think, if you are Tony Elliott right now or the coaching staff, is you need to address that. And that's something he talked about. 
He's honestly more concerned about the mindset of the players on the sidelines against Illinois than actually the fundamentals. Here, here, listen up. In the heat of battle, you're trying to find just any way that you can to help the young men um, be successful in the field. Uh, what was more evident when I watched the tape of just the, the guys didn't respond well to the adversity. Uh, I felt like, especially on the offensive side of the ball, just being transparent, um, you know, Illinois punched us in the mouth, uh, and the guys were reeling uh, the entire game. And you were, were hoping that somebody was going to step in and say, hey, fellas, follow me. Uh, I'll find us a way out of this uh, situation. On, on the offenses, we thought that this couldn't happen to us. <laughs> this can happen to anybody in football. I've been on the other side in college football playoff games where it was 31 to nothing, 30 to three on the biggest stage, right, on the other side. And then I've been on the side where, you know, you get your butt kicked by Alabama in, in the Sugar Bowl, right, and just, like, get beat up. So uh, it could happen. So first we got we to gotta be humble and understand that this can happen. And then we got we to gotta learn uh, from it. But what I didn't like is, is a, the guys just had a look. You know, and it's one of those things as a coach, you're like, man, I'm trying to say whatever I can say. I'm trying to holler. I'm trying to talk quiet. I'm, I'm trying to pull everything that I can. And you just can't pull those guys out of it. And what it's going to take is going to take one of their teammates, right? It's going to take one of their teammates going in there and saying, fellas, hey, we're going to get out of this thing. I'm going to put it on my back. Y'all just follow me. And unfortunately, KT was the only one, right, that was trying, that was trying to do that. And, and I kept trying to urge Brennan, man, Brennan, and go in there and talk to your guys. Go in there and talk to your guys, man. Go, go in there and talk to him. And he would try, uh, but then he wouldn't have success on the field. And so now he's struggling. Defensively, right, didn't have that problem. And then even defensively, they were coming off the field, encouraging the offense, saying, man, we got you. We got you. And so, so I just need that, you know, type of demeanor to spread, you know, to everybody. And, and, and I think that, that you'll see that going forward. Tony Elliott goes on to talk about Brennan Armstrong. He says he wants the quarterback to have better communication with his wide receivers, urging him to coach his pass catchers to adjust to timing and to routes, especially when the protection isn't there, which honestly, it was not there against Illinois. And that was quite obvious on game day and rewatching film that Brennan Armstrong was constantly facing pressure and throwing on his back foot. So that was the main takeaways of Tony Elliott's press conference. As far as recapping what went wrong in the Illinois game, he praised the defense for doing a few things right. Obviously, there's a few plays that you would like to get back. He talked about that long completion um, to the uh, tight end and uh, long completion where Fentrell Cypress was one-on-one. -on -one. He actually said that that wheel route was actually AJ who needed to be on top of the wheel route. So he, he he was more pleased with the defense and that mindset. And, of course, when you force four takeaways, of course, you're going to be a little happier with the defense. He also said that they're working on those little details and also making sure that you're not trying to do too much on plays. He highlighted Billy Kemp, who, instead of calling for a fair catch, he was trying to make a play. So he said, when no situations, we just have to learn that not every single play needs to be a big one. So... Those are the main talking points. A lot of talking about mentality um, and kind of moving forward on the mindset that he wants to see from his Virginia athletes. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to break down the depth chart. We didn't have a depth chart leading into Illinois, so the last depth chart we had was prior to Richmond. 
So we'll take a look at any differences that we see from the first step chart to this one ahead of ODU. And do we see any changes on the O-line? We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. So the first half of the show, we kind of broke down a little bit of what Tony Elliott said about what he saw from game film against Illinois. So that was the one of the biggest talking points about mentality and the mindset of the team. So let's move forward to ODU and what he said about some personnel issues as far as injuries. And let's take a look at the depth chart. We didn't have one last week, so now we get to see some changes from that first opening game against Richmond. So if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see the depth chart on your screen. And if you're not, if you're listening to our podcast, this depth chart is available on Wahoo's 24-7, and it'll be broken up in offense, defense, and special teams, so you can take a look of any changes there are. I'm going to tell you the changes as well right now. So... Here are some of the biggest things that just kind of stand out to you. First thing, no changes on that offensive line. So from left to right, we have Mikhail Boley, John Paul Flores, Ty Furnish, Derek Devine, and Logan Taylor. The only difference that you see from the first to the third depth chart, well, second depth chart, third game, is Jonathan Leach is now on it. Um, and Charlie Patterson is now behind Mikhail Boley at left tackle. Now, after watching Illinois, you obviously can see they are amenable to be a little more flexible on who gets lined up, not really similar to the depth chart where we saw Logan Taylor move to the other side and Jonathan Leaf come there at um, right tackle. So we do we do see some changes there um, and how they, they're, they're willing to move around, which is what Coach 2J has said in the past, how he has a couple of guys playing in different positions as needed, just like John Paul Flores. It's kind of like the Swiss Army knife that he's able to play around. Um, Ty Furnish, uh, the center, talked to the media on Tuesday as well, and he said that they were sticking was basically the first team O-line that they've had. Um, he said there were no changes sticking with it. So this isn't shocking that the depth chart shows that as well. So that is the biggest things that you notice on offense. And just, you know, honestly, Jonathan Leach, Jonathan Leach was not in the first depth chart because he was hurt. So that is a natural assumption that now that he's able to be on the rotation, although not 100% healthy, he was going to show up on the depth chart. So that is um, not as surprising, but expected, but also a noteworthy thing to say. The other thing on defense, there was a few changes there. And a lot of it also has to do with just personnel availability. In the first game, Josh Ahern was not available during that first half because of that targeting call against Virginia Tech, so he had to sit out. So he was number two. Um, at the mic position behind Nick Jackson. Now, because he is available to start, he is number one at will. But De Deshaun Perry, and this one's interesting, Deshaun Perry, who was at will, and it seemed like that was his comfortable position, now he's moved to Mike behind Nick Jackson. And you have James Jackson and Hunter Stewart at two at three at will. So that is one of the changes there. The defensive line is basically the same than what we've expected. And I think when you look at this D-line, although you have Chico Bennett ahead of Jack Camper, Jack Camper actually started the game against Richmond. So this is kind of like a, a guideline, as you say, uh, about what to expect um, from the defensive line front. Now, there is some changes when it comes to the secondary, not as far as corner. That is pretty much the same. 
um, with Anthony Johnson, Fentral Cypress being with the ones. And that's what we've been seeing pretty consistently. When you look in that safety rotation, it has had a few adjustments. Although Antonio Clary was number two, remember a game against Richmond, he did actually start. And he had a lot of snaps in that game. Actually, the only time he wasn't playing was it looked like when he had a cramp or he just got a stinger. So he came to the sidelines because you don't want to risk it in those situations. So if you look at where the safeties are lined up, you got Jonas Sanker. Again, he's with the ones. He's at Spur um, this week. Then you have Lex Long at free safety and you have Antonio Clary at strong safety. And Cohen King has made his uh, debut on the depth chart this season. Remember, he missed the game of Richmond after hurting his elbow during one of the scrimmages um, in fall camp. So he's on the depth chart for the first time. Now, Darius Bratton is on the depth chart. He's behind Jonas Sanker at Spur. And the that one is a question mark. He's questionable for the game. And what Tony Elliott said during his press conference was that he has a bruised bone and ankle sprain. So confirming our report on Wahoos 24-7 that we said on Saturday morning that he was doubtful for the game and questionable because of an ankle injury, Tony Elliott has confirmed that that was an issue. He is moving around at practice. He didn't practice much last week. He's now moving around. And to quote Tony Elliott, he'll, he said, I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks we'll see him back. He doesn't think this is a long-term. Well, he hopes it's not a long-term issue. So that is one that we're going to keep an eye on. Although he's on the depth chart, I really doubt he will play against ODU this week. So I expect that first line of second safeties in the secondary will mirror what we saw in Illinois. And honestly, they did a decent job against Illinois. And actually, they were one of the highest graded uh, secondary, highest graded performance on that defense. They did a good job with a couple guys uh, in the pro football focus ranging in the 80s as far as grading out defensively for that game. So that is the defense and what we saw there. Actually, I almost forgot. So a lot of people have been asking about Mike Green. Defend the uh, defensive lineman and who has been moved. Well, actually, linebacker who's now moved to Bandit. He played linebacker last season. So there was a he has not suited up for the Cavaliers for the first two games, and we haven't talked about him for a few weeks. If you've been following Wahoo's twenty four seven, we said it was an ongoing thing that nothing was settled as far as early last week. But on Tony Elliott, when we asked him what was the status of Mike Green, he said that he was no longer active on the roster sources have told us he's still enrolled in school but he's not active on the team roster as as he said during his press conference he did not want to elaborate further or comment further on the reasons why so if you're following Wahoo's 24 7 we gave our reason where things have not settled so we can't really comment further on that so Mike Green is no longer on the team so he is not on the depth chart um, and special teams, no real difference. Um, the only thing that we're keeping an eye on is Daniel Sparks. He was really effective when he was in the game against Illinois. And actually when Brendan Farrell came on, he struggled. He's been struggling with his kicks this season. He struggled on punting, but Tony Elliott said that Sparks should be back against ODU. So those are the main talking points coming from Tony Elliott's press conference on Tuesday afternoon, we also have a full notebook of every topic that Tony Elliott discussed on Wahoo's 24-7. 
there was a lot of questions about, about what exactly some of these quotes were. So I made sure to not edit a lot of these quotes and kind of give them and give these quotes in an entirety on Wahoo's 24 seven. So you can read them. Um, I didn't want to take Tony Allen out of context at all because there's been a lot of questions about when, you know, we, we tweet quotes or we list them on message boards. We, we, we try to put them out as quickly as possible. So I wanted to make sure everyone had the complete quotes so that there's no question of what was said. And that's on Wahoo's 24 seven. So you can check out the complete notebook there. We'll be back here on Thursday morning where we break down the game against ODU. Obviously, everyone remembers ODU beat Virginia Tech on their first game of the season on Brent Pry's first game as the Hokies head coach. So we'll we'll break down Old Dominion. We'll break down the Monarchs to see what type of threat they will possess as they come at Scott Stadium. So thanks again for listening to our podcast. If you like what you're hearing, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast and head over to Apple and Spotify, rate and review us. So for this Wednesday, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you back here on Thursday. Thank you.